Hello, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while since I released an episode, but I'm not going to rush these podcasts. You know, I'm not going to smash one out every week. That is just something you have to bear with. Uh, if you're eager for more, of course, great. It's a good thing for me. But at the same time, I'm not going to force anything. I want to show up every week and I want to continue to put out these podcasts. But this is a long game for me. Like I am in it for the long haul. This is going to be something that accompanies my life. So just uh, be patient. For Yeah. <laughs> it's been about a month though. So uh, I'm happy to release this. It brings me the most amount of joy to release an episode like this. So me and Terry Downey, we met at a local spot. Uh, amazing, amazing location. Beautiful day. If you want to watch the podcast, I think it's most valuable when uh, you see me and Terry from start to finish <laughs> because the sea, as you'll hear in the podcast, just started to come in quite quickly, rapidly. <laughs> Cameras nearly got submerged and we were. it looks like we were stranded on a rock as the sea just comes and surrounds us. So we did have to cut it short. So apologies about that. I'll definitely be getting Terry back on. But essentially, we were, yeah, we were, we, we were out at sea uh, filming this podcast. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a lovely setting, an amazing day. And the content and what we talk about is just so, so important, I feel. Uh, and I'm incredibly proud to have been able to yeah, record this, put it out there and allow it to be just now in existence in in this in this format i think it's a, a powerful powerful tool we've got to tune into these conversations and i think terry does the conversation a absolute service it's it's quite a big task talking about addiction and specifically alcohol addiction because it's a sensitive subject because alcohol's no doubt played a part in all of our lives whether it's a family member or us growing up surrounded by this by this drug that's quite governing in a way and very socially acceptable but it's it's probably more than a fact that we know someone who has a negative relationship with this substance and yeah we get into this today and I, and for me i have reduced and significantly cut it out I have abused it before, I've dependent to, to a point on it and uh, yeah, craved those those moments where I am unconscious, I guess. I am unconscious and that's the state I'm almost craving. So it's fascinating really to, to, to look at this in this way and to grow with an understanding and an awareness of what it can do. And Terry definitely articulates himself so well in this. And much respect to that guy. Because, yeah, he uh, he held the space really well. I didn't really talk too much. He, he just ran away with it. And he was vulnerable. He was honest. And he was authentic in his approach and how he talked about alcohol and some moments that he's experienced in his life 
some rock bottom moments and how he's grown through it and how he's kind of turned his life around. He really has. And it's he's not shaming. He's not judging what it is. He's not saying it's good and bad. He's personally sharing his experience with alcohol. And it's really touching to get someone's journey in like a snapshot. And I think, yeah, as I said, he, he he really does it well. And I hope I hope you think the same. I'd love to see you share it out there. Uh, I'll pass this on to someone who you feel might benefit from the conversation. Or get in touch with me. If there's anything you disagree with, anything you really want to celebrate or whatever it is, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. As I said, this conversation is on YouTube. So go and dedicate some time. 54 minutes to be exact, and watch the video. Yeah, it does take me a fair amount of time to produce this podcast. So if you want to support, that is the best way, subscribing on there and just sharing it with someone. Uh, I do have a Patreon account. The link for that is in the description. And if you ever want to speak to Terry, I'm sure he'd be open to conversations. He's a He's a great guy. And I definitely will be getting him back on in the future. But for now, this is us. And yeah, hope you enjoy. Take care. Peace. Good stuff, mate. Yeah, finally, huh? Yeah, so here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On well, a beautiful day. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's always beautiful. There's just some clouds up there. Nice. <sighs> live audience there? We have a live audience. <laughs> it's always alive, wherever we are, right? We sometimes forget that, don't we? Yeah. Everything's alive. It's a promote process of remembering. It is innate within. The argument is all wisdom is. <laughs> Universal wisdom is, by definition, available in everything, in every incident, in every situation. You just need to remember it, relearn it, mm-hmm. be listening to it. Yeah. So one, one of the... So Terry, you are a part of a, a audio book club that I formed, and a book we're listening to right now, quite relevant actually. Yeah. And it's interesting how it, we're listening to this particular vi- book now, and lots of things in my life are actually it's actually shining a light on lots of stuff. Um, you know, there are always lessons. It's whether whether you're attuned to uh, to receive them or not and this for me is a, a big lesson as we'll get into uh, but I want to touch on this yeah this 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 process of remembrance because the book um, it's called the naked mind it is about our relationship with alcohol uh, and, but it talks about specifically about a deer or, or an animal grazing you know anything that isn't pleasant that it eats or smells 
they will avoid. Now, we, <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> I think we're the only animal to continue doing something even if it's not pleasurable. And, and, and that pleasantness is a signal to our body that it's not good for us. You know, not always the case, but more often than not, something that doesn't taste good is not good for you. So you just will avoid it. And I thought that's a really interesting concept because all animals, that's a survival mechanism that, that's been that's evolved over millions of years to teach that animal what is better for it and what's not. So in this remembrance, it's remembering those things that are innate and we already know that are good and not so good for us yeah do you know what it, I, I think it's um, it's similar with like sweet and fat like the reason that we get, we've got such a bad relationship with them is because they were so sparse but they were so, they were so needed for our body mm. and now we've got a society that plays to those um, I guess evolutionary mechanisms and alcohol is another one where we do things that are we choose to do things that are self-damaging, self-destructive, but mm-hmm. we keep going back to it and we keep going back to it. Um, and it's it's interesting. I mean, my journey with alcohol has been a relatively um, turbulent one anyway, but it's interesting that humans are the one species that continue to do self-destructive things. And I think you mentioned remembrance there. I think that's learned behavior. The naked mind touches on this. It's not something we do as children. It's something that I believe that society conditions us into because we're not getting our needs met in a different, more natural way. So we look for things in addictive substances. And I mean, not typical addictive substances like alcohol, drugs, nicotine, but even in things like sex and food, things that can... I guess trigger that evolutionary mechanism which makes us feel good in the moment it's like a temporary stopgap for what is ultimately um, a bigger problem like there's something missing underneath um, and I think the problem you've got there come back to the fat and sugar thing is society then looks to these things and it gears up in a capitalistic way and it, and it provides you with instant gratification in these areas you've got fast food 24 7 you've got porn on tap you know what i mean you've got you've got markets that spring up and they're some of the biggest markets in the world that play to these these um traits that we've picked up that are mm-hmm. bad substitutes for what we really need yeah because it works yeah it works for the companies that want to get our attention or our, our, our money and, and, it, and it works because that's how you get a human's attention it's provides something that perhaps is scarce in nature or, or perhaps is it, it does something instantly it's 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 a dark side of capitalism I would say there's many dark sides of capitalism but it's definitely one of the worst where it plays to that 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 path of least resistance like if you if your options are something that can that something where that is provided on tap right and is pleasurable or something that is going to be more holistically more long-term like happiness contentment fulfillment but takes effort you've got nothing you've got no instant gratification you've got to put the work in before you get the payoff people are going to naturally default 
without a conscious intervention, people are going to naturally default to the easy path, the instant, the instant hit, the instant reward. And then that just reinforces that mechanism for it to keep going back and back and back. And we become like Pavlov's dogs, conditioned to repeat these like self-destructive behaviors. Um, I guess, arguably, there's not a, there's not a big dog market for there's not a lot of dogs getting together saying to this one dog oh if you keep biting your tail if you keep doing this self-destructive thing you know what i mean and, and trying to condition the dogs into it but humans have got complexities in the way we live because of the, the, i guess the, the complexities of the world um but yeah it, it is interesting i mean i've been on a bit of a journey with it like i mentioned um god um and i think it's a common journey like i from a young age was uh i i ate a lot of food i was i played video games like all night at times like whatever those things that were giving me making me feel good in the moment they were the things that were getting the, the most of most of my focus then as i became like teenager alcohol comes on the scene women become women come on the scene and um whatever was giving me that instant hit but there was nothing, and this is this is the problem with society. There was nothing. There was no signposts, or no real structure, or no education around um, what what does a human need to thrive. That's that's not a question that that I hear many people talking about from an angle of raising children, or like especially not societally. It's not something that's discussed in schools. You've got these individual subject teachers that have got their own remit and they'll teach you maths or geography or, or whatever it is. But nobody's looking at holistically what does it take for a human to thrive. And with the absence of that, you, you, you end up with certain gaps. I would say notably in our society is like a deep connection, um, any real sense of purpose beyond day-to-day living and they're massive, massive things. And with those gaps, they, they, leave a, they, leave a, they leave a bit of a longing, like a yearning in the soul where you're looking for something, looking for something, and then you've got these, there you are, there's sex on top, there's drugs on top, there's alcohol, there's nicotine, food. We'll just give you as much of these things, the distractions, ultimately, but they can be such damaging distractions that when you compound that week after week, month after month, year after year, um, you can end up in some pretty dark places. Um, I mean, to give context, I, I, I in my 20s, I ended up heavily into um, alcohol, partying, just mindless living, completely mindless living. Um, I had a number of psychological quirks that I think I think realistically a lot of people pick up in their childhood I mean a lot of your personality and a lot of who you are and how you see the world is is more or less set by the time you're seven or eight or nine year old right just based on what you've seen the the influences in your life your parents how your parents interact and then later in life they might not manifest until you're in these situations where you're, you're you're doing a lot of drinking, doing drugs, whatever. You're up against it, and then these these quirks kind of manifest, and the biases that you've developed throughout your life can can send you on some different trajectories. Um, without sounding too vague, I mean, I'm happy to explore.
I um so personally in my in my childhood I, I my my mother fantastic woman amazing woman but she always liked to say she always liked to she, she would give in easy so I had a conversation with my dad um, and I, I'm a big believer that open conversation with your parents especially is really important obviously when growing up but also like in retrospect looking back parents are just people doing the best they can you know like we need, we need to separate that, that firm line and, and I had a conversation with my dad just a, a few weeks back and he says like even at the age of like three four years old I'll be playing with my dad good as gold my mom would be out of the house and my mom would walk in and I would start crying and, and it would be because instantly she would give me some chocolate or something like she would give me some like attention and like at four year old I'd already fathomed that 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 the manipulation mechanism like I could get I could get a hit of something that made me feel good here you know what I mean and that's like that's it's profound to think I've done that at such a young age and that's because it was it was it, it's unconscious we're not looking to, we're not looking to 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 nurture what it was i was actually looking for so then i've developed this and that continues like i say into my teens into my 20s and um i was never given boundaries so then you go in in in, in boundary seeking behavior because humans need to know where the limits are and that's a great thing about humans we've got this drive to continually explore new frontiers in consciousness in like geography in space like and, and I, i'm a big fan of that right i think it's 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 how we've developed into these complex beings but we've we've lost touch with so much important stuff doing it so what is that what is the price of that that's a different conversation i get that but um we look for boundaries and with me i was continually looking for where the the end was and as an adult there's not one until you hit a rock bottom until you get to a point where you can't do any more you've done more 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 and then eventually like the house of cards you've built comes tumbling down and i, and I hit rock bottom um in my late 20s i mean i'd stayed up for days i was drunk i was high i ended up locking myself up my flat so I climb on the roof to try and smash my skylight to get in, fell off the roof, fell two floors, fell through a roof, um, had to pull myself out of the roof and climb back up to try and smash the skylight. I was still kept drinking for days after that. It was a, it was a bad place. And that was because continually you just keep going back to these mechanisms. Um, and I hadn't identified, I had no purpose in my life. The connections I had were superficial. They were built around. They were. They weren't built around shared values. They weren't built around um, honest, and open communication and 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 trying to fulfil our innate human potential. Like well, let's become the best we can be. They were. They were just superficial bullshit. So um, after rock bottom, um, that's when I started asking questions. And this was about six, seven years ago. Um, and I've always been a fan of um, first principles thinking, you know, like, so what is a thing? Like, let's strip it back. Let's take away what society tells you these norms are, like what, what life should look like, picket fence, 2.5 kids, all that, all that. And that's not to say that that's bad for anybody. That's that, If that's what someone consciously explores their own mind and decides that is what is right for them, then that's fine. But if somebody just defaults to that without asking those questions, 
then that, that that's how people end up in unfulfilling, unhappy situations because they've their 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 model for their life has been handed to them by society. It's nothing. It, it, someone else can't. Someone else can't define that for you. Um, so yeah, ultimately I asked these questions and, and I kept coming back to the, the I, I guess to me the two twin pillars of what makes makes a human life and that is connection and purpose. Um, and how did you come to that after you're exploring your principles, hitting rock bottom? Yeah, <laughs> exploring. Okay, let's let's strip it back. Like what is important to me? Yeah, so the process, um, I went around the world t- to get there, but then I, I, in, in retrospect, I, I kind of look back at the steps that led me there. Um, and I kept, it was like peeling the onion, and I think a lot of self-growth is. You 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 address one thing, and that you, you get that tied up, and then something else becomes overwhelmingly apparent. So when, when I went on this journey, I realized that my job, the relationship I was in, where I was living, nearly everything in my life was not fulfilling me it wasn't it wasn't wasn't good for me so i had to strip everything back i moved um moved house got a place in newcastle and just kind of i spent a lot of time on my own um it took me a while to to stop drinking alcohol because i, I, I <laughs> so i thought the relationships in my life were unfulfilling there's something around that so i stripped these back but i was continuing to drink and it wasn't until I stripped back the alcohol. I had a friend who I'm grateful for kept saying to me that she could see that everything was coming back to alcohol. And we mentioned just briefly before the podcast how everything is interconnected. You can't just work on one thing alone. Otherwise, it's, it's pointless. And I was trying to ask questions about what a good life is whilst I was still drinking sometimes four, five, six nights a week. Mm. That's never going to be conducive to understanding myself because I'm 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 already starting from it. I'm not myself to begin with. But it, it can numb parts of yourself. It yeah. Can, it can close you off. It can stop you from thinking clearly. It can do all this stuff, which is you know it's a it's a drug at the end of the day. Exactly. It, it alters your thought patterns, and it's not, and it can cause blockages and. I know to to think clearly. Um, there's certain physical things that have to be clear, also. So yeah, for sure, that was that was playing into that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So when I stripped the alcohol back, that was the most profound step. Um, after trying for months to control it, to just have a couple of drinks, because I, I, I this is the thing: when you give up any anything you're addicted to, you will throw every excuse in the book. I'm not addicted, I can handle it, watch, I'm going to just have two drinks, and then it fails. Oh, it was because of this, it was because I had a stressful day. Oh no, I need it because obviously I am, if I want to go on a date, oh, I need it because I want to connect, I need to connect with my friends, you know, I can't see my friends without having a drink. And you just think, think of justification, 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 but each time, there's, there's, there's wisdom in that, but you just don't see it. Like, if you, need, if you need alcohol to connect with someone of the opposite sex, and that's not the person you should be connecting with, if you need alcohol to connect with a friend, then what's that friendship built around? And and I kept hitting these walls until eventually, like uh, I'd fallen off the wagon that many times. I just I, I managed to I managed to stop. But to do that, I had to cut myself off from everybody for about a year. Um, I pretty much see my parents, and that was it. Um, and 
the thing with like alcohol is such an accepted accepted substance to abuse in our society it's such an accepted addiction it's the only thing this book mentioned this it's the only thing that you get you get guilt you, you get guilt tripped for not doing yeah it's the only drug <laughs> on the planet that you have to justify not to take yeah that's it that's it which is absurd it's absurd which which feeds into this thing like oh, I haven't got a problem I might have a bottle of wine after work or I might have like whatever but I haven't got a problem because that's so normalized but it's not there's nothing normal about it nothing at all and um, and I think that um, taking it away removing it from the situation within two three months the level of perspective i got over it was profound like almost everything in my life improved like i could have conversations about sensitive topics without being governed by my my emotions i was clearer in my thinking processes at work managed a team so I could then spot things I couldn't spot before. My sleep, exercise, diet, everything improved. Um, and then as the as the months went on, there was more and more revelations as to just how far-reaching this thing that I justified was. Um, and I think ultimately that's that's what you've got to ask yourself when you're doing anything is is whether whether it's worth it, whether it, what what it gives you is worth what it costs you. Um, but you can't make that decision whilst you are wrapped up in the addiction of it because you, you, you're not making an honest choice. You, you, your decision is biased by the addiction. Um, so you need that perspective. And the difficulty there is starting, getting the first steps to get that perspective and for me it meant cutting everything and everybody off I couldn't couldn't see anybody because every every social interaction previous had been marked by alcohol um, so that that's what it took to get there um, some people can manage there's obviously support groups some people use AA in, in, in different different tools to ultimately to achieve the same goal Mm-hmm. Um, so you used the word addiction. So, what for you did it take for you to realise you're addicted? I would have told you that I wasn't mm-hmm. at the time. This is the thing. Like the this is because to admit you're addicted, then like we all know, we all know that if you're addicted to anything, that's bad. That means something's got power over you, right? And there's no way you could say, yeah, I'm addicted to alcohol, but it's not a bad thing. Do you know what I mean that you just wouldn't be able to honestly say that yourself? Yeah, the definition itself is that um, by by doing the thing, it impacts on you or others negatively. Yeah, exactly. So it's more it's more you wouldn't let yourself get that point. You say, "No, I'm not addicted." You make every excuse in the book, and it's because and this is popular media in our culture. We we have this connotation that addiction is waking up in the morning and swigging vodka out the bottle. But that's that's just one of many forms of addiction, and the the I guess ultimately eventually realised that the fact that I was defending it, defending still doing it, um, meant that ultimately I had to be addicted because I couldn't. I was I was clinging to it. I was clinging to it for dear life. I was fortunate in the fact that a friend of mine had had been through a similar process maybe about six months earlier, and. Um, before I give up alcohol, she would see me like we'll go we'll go to yoga every Tuesday night, and 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 she would see me still 
rough from the weekend. I'd been drinking all weekend and I was still like, my life was falling apart and I would never blame the alcohol. So sometimes it's someone else's perspective on that. It's difficult. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because it's hard for, it's hard to be the person to tell someone else. You don't, people, it's, it's an impossible feat to you show somebody the door, but they need to have that penny drop. Um, and it was, like I say, it was a rock bottom situation for me. I'm fortunate in the fact that my addiction was so, was so, got so out of hand. Russell Brand talks about this and it, it, it's interesting perspective. For many people, their addictions can fly under the radar for their entire lives. And they might live 50, 60, 70% of what, of how good a life they can live, but they never have that, that moment of clarity, that breaking point, that, 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 that I guess that junction where the house of cards come falling down and the sea the sea the problems for what they are they can just kind of functionally go go on and I was fortunate like I say because mine got that bad mm -hmm. um yeah well that's the thing there are a lot of unhealthy norms and that's what we call functional aren't just because you're functioning in, in this culture or this uh this kind of lifestyle that you a lot of people can function as an addict yeah it's like it's very normal to function as an addict and i, th I think just to just to bring in a little bit because i think where we're, where we're getting to is understanding and definitely for you and understanding okay why to change this behavior the alcohol is the symptom of something deeper something causing it so okay just throwing away the alcohol is that gonna it, it, it's, it's a big it's a big conversation I listened to a podcast the other day um, Connor Beaton has got um, a podcast called Man Talks and he had a woman on who, who is writing or written uh, Dopamine Nation uh, dop yeah Dopamine Nation and, and it's about addiction and it and I think personally it counteracts what I believe to be the root cause of addiction and that is that is connection and, and, and lack of and not a human getting their needs met. Now she talks about, yes, there's room for that, there's room for gabamate, there's room for trauma, there's room for needs, but the, the big reason, I'm not saying it's one or the other, but I tend to think if you're a human getting its needs met, it, it's, it's really hard to become addicted to something. Um, but to draw on her work, she believes that humans have got to a point and I always think of things that historically ancestrally you know click of a button you said at the start of this you know drug dialers on speed dial you can get anything you want now and that is the cause of addiction because we are humans in this in this paradigm that we are so susceptible um, and hardwired to crave these things sugar which which is so rare in nature and it's everywhere so let's not look for a cause it just is and it's a really interesting look in because yes there's room for that also i believe but i i truly believe if you're a human getting your needs met then addiction is um, something you you know you don't need to worry about too much yeah i'm i'm a big advocate of that second point i do think that it ultimately i guess doing anything right so if you get some food out the cupboard if you have a drink if you mm -hmm. whatever you whatever you want to do you're looking for a state change aren't you yeah like wherever you're at in that moment 
I'm not happy. So if you're, if you're hungry, you want some food. If you're, if, you're, if you're sad, you might pick up the bottle, whatever. You're looking for a state change. If your state is that your needs are met, you're not yearning for that state change. So that's, I genuinely think that that is the, the issue. Um, and for me, like it, it's connection and purpose. And I would say connection primarily but then, even with connection, I do think there's that. I think I think connection in that that Maslow's self-actualization, that striving to be the best version of yourself, the the version of yourself that that like to reach your full potential. But that's not. There's no without that. Without that discussion of what it is you want to achieve with your life, where you want your life to go, without fearfully looking at things like I'm scared of I'm scared to think of the big picture because a lot of people shy away from that and we don't have enough conversations about this we're not going to be here forever death is always at the door and I think when you when you frame it in these kinds of grand and it, it's, it can be uncomfortable right when you think of it like this well we're not going to be here forever you think you've got forever and then you haven't so when you look at it from that perspective you need to consider purpose you need to consider what sort of life you want to live and not getting wrapped up too much in the day-to-day minutiae um but that connection of that combination of connection and purpose to me if either are lacking addiction plugs the gap very easily we've got a we've got a hole within us that only those two things can fill but we'll throw everything else in there from alcohol from nicotine from food from sex from love from attention validation social media like yeah i'm getting likes so i'm gonna start doing more and more of these things that are so removed from who i am as a person but i'm getting likes i'm getting social feedback i'm getting that instant gratification which is meaningless but it's giving it's making me feel good in that moment yeah for sure it, it does it is the dopamine hit it is that's exactly what it is and i think there's entirely room for that conversation because even if all your needs are met and you're and you're existing and you're and you're living in your purpose we are still human with all these chemicals and if i threw an image in front of you if i threw an advert with bam 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 and it's changing you know oh god that's what's that and it's got your attention we are these these organized chemical machines not machines uh, and we, and we are and we essentially getting yeah of course we're getting jacked up on on, on that dopamine and, and i for one will, will admit instagram all right i'm done with that so i'll swipe it away get out go get out get out of my get out of my screen <laughs> and then i'll go back on it yeah and I, it's immediate and i'm like wow but it is quick you can catch yourself okay it's unhealthy i'm going to observe that more and more don't no judgment there's no like shaming but just observe that behavior more and more because do we all have these unhealthy behaviors to a point with so much going on in, in the in the modern day perhaps yeah. I, th- I think we have and i think there's an interesting question when it comes to to living your potential right it's how far do you want to go with this sure how honest do you want to be with yourself and your life and your habits and your routines and mm. um because like the if you want to fulfill your full potential, if you want to be as honest as you can, right? If you want to live a, as honest a life as you can, it gets it gets fucking uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, like, I think you're entirely right to, to, to mention that. Yeah, like I, I think like, do you want to just be okay? I want to be a little bit fitter. I want to be a little bit healthier. I want a little bit more money in the bank. Or do you think right? Fuck this. I'm, I'm maybe here once. Whatever anybody's spiritual beliefs are, the only thing we know is that we don't know, right? So. 
there's a very real chance we're only here once. Do I want to? Do I want to see how far, how far I can go, being the best version of myself? Do I, do I want to live any lies and carry that lie with me for the next 30, 40, 50 years, or do I want to uncover it now and like pick that scab off and heal? And it, it, it's uncomfortable doing it. And I guess it's and you don't have to do it all today, but it's it's how how much you're willing to do that and or do you want to just live this kind of comfortable existence where you get a pizza every Friday night and you have a drink alcohol every Saturday night and then Sunday you lie around doing nothing and you're like your body kind of stagnate and and but you're comfortable because the comfort and the growth are very rarely compatible you can live a great life and you can have comfort within the life where you grow but if you want to just live the the, the path of least resistance the yeah I w- I'm hungry I want to just order this thing off the internet I, I'm, I'm not in a good mood I'm going to have a drink and get rid of that and I'm going to just do whatever the whatever's easy and whatever's automatic and whatever society is trying to provide me on tap if I choose that then chances are that I'm going to not fulfill my potential you, you've got to choose and not it's not as extreme as I might be making it out, but you've got to, you've got to be prepared if you want to if you want to live an honest life or you want to live your full potential. You've got to be prepared for the discomfort that 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 reveals, I guess. Yeah, and I think we're in large talking about our health and our because your purpose can be can be conducive to your health. It, it could you could look at that, but our health at the end of the day is the choices we make. Hundred percent. And it is, like, again, we mentioned just before the podcast started there, like, you can't, you, you can, you can, you can work on one thing in isolation, but like what I'd done, I realized that my life wasn't in a great place, and I tried to figure out all of these things, my my relationships weren't great, my, I wasn't happy in my job, my physical health wasn't great, but I, I was trying to ignore the alcohol. I was like, yeah, we'll just leave that over there. If I cut it down, if I just drink on a Friday or on a Saturday, if I just drink on a Friday, if I just have this number of alcohol, this number of drinks, but I wasn't, I wasn't honest with myself in that, in that, in that area. And I think you've got to turn over every rock, and physical health is one of the biggest pillars of that. Um, you can't like these things don't operate in isolation. Physical health and mental health, the health, you know what I mean? Like these are. These are two ends yeah. of the same thing. The only way you can separate the mind and the body is verbally. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, in, if you eat, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty every once in a while. I will. I'll not. I'm not going to say 100 percent of the time I eat healthy, holistically, like Paleolithic diet, whatever. I will. I will treat myself on occasion, and I, I think there's a balance there. We are. We are humans, and, I, and it's good to enjoy life. You know what I mean? You don't want to, in my view, you don't want to live this ascetic existence where you just like sit in the cave and meditate 14 hours a day, then go to sleep on your rug and get up the next day and start again. Like there are, there are things that I believe we are here to experience and enjoy, but it's who, who is in control? Is the, is the thing in control or are you in control? And if you're in control, why are you making that decision? Like, for me, if I ever make a bad decision with food, which I'm guilty of on occasion, it'll be, it'll be because I haven't prepared. I, it's late at night. It's convenient, and it's the path of least resistance. And I and I'll observe it. And now, 
as many times as I pick my phone up to order something, I put my phone back down because you you, you can observe that. Mm. Once in a while they fail, you know, and I think once in a while, I don't think you should strive for perfection. I think, you, you, my view anyway, I think I think there's something to be said of enjoying enjoying certain pleasures in life, but um, at what cost is always the question that I default to, you know? Um, yeah, what are the consequences? What are the consequences? Am I aware of the consequences? Am I aware that if I eat this, whatever it is, um, I mean, I love Asian food. I'm looking the fact Asian food's relatively healthy. It's veg, it's meat, it's a bit of rice, you know? That tends to be my treat. Um, but if I'm having, if I have, if I have certain things like that food is going to affect my mental health, the next day I'm not going to be, I'm not going to spring out of bed like I normally do and, and, and feel as good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to maybe do as much work or be as present in my connections or do 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 my best performance in the gym or whatever. And that stems from the food. So, okay, what's the problem there? There's a lack of organization before that. Have I not prepared well enough? You know? And you just keep peeling it back and peeling it back. And it gets uncomfortable. But I think it's got to be done. Um, in my view, anyway. No, I think, I think it's right. I think you articulate yourself really well also. Um, and uh, the self-development side of things... I think it's really that's really key to you isn't it yeah like it wasn't god i mean who i am today is far removed from who i was six or seven years ago um but i guess i guess the thing is when you take one thing away you get all right okay that that's much better if i'm not if i'm not drinking that i've got such perspective on everything else oh well hold on yeah now that now that alcohol isn't affecting my mind I can see this friendship or this relationship in my life for what it actually is and it's a very it's not a very healthy relationship where it's we're not we're not being there for each other it's not the best we could be um, and that this comes uh, this comes to discomfort sometimes that relationship's never going to be right sometimes we sometimes we're sorry pardon sometimes we're not like two people aren't right for to be friends or anything else like some relationships aren't meant to be and they're some of the most difficult parts of personal growth because you have to have that conversation you have to you have to have it for both parties it's not it's not it wouldn't just be for me if me and that other person aren't singing from the same hymn sheet if we aren't if we aren't on the same level with like the reciprocity of the relationship then it's always going to become damaging to both of us um so then you get rid of that connection and then you think right okay i've got more space in my life now i feel like i feel a bit empty i feel like i'm not fulfilling my potential i feel like i'm not being creative for example and you just continue on that path continually asking is this what a human life should be for me by my own rule book you know um i think each of us have got a set of beliefs how we see the world and each of them are different based on our unique conditioning and the unique experiences through which we've traveled that's fine. I think what layers on top of that is your value system. What is important to you, right? And I don't think there's a, I don't think there's an objective definition of that. I think that's subjectively. To some people, tradition and family and, and, and security and safety may be important and they're fantastic things. To other people, exploration and creativity and travel and and these things aren't always compatible. That's fine. They're all they're all great values, but you need to figure out what they are and then that's 
that's the foundation through which you decide to build your life, I guess. And that is part of the part of the path that I went on simultaneously whilst I was giving up alcohol. And that's the only way I think that I managed to do it because I was coming to the realization that I didn't have a creative outlet. I didn't have good relationships where I was able to be myself, honest, raw, unfiltered. This is who I am because I was scared of judgment. I was scared of that. I was scared of that rejection, you know, and that's just a natural instinct because connection is so important we've been we've evolved connection meant life or death back in tribesmen days you know like if you weren't accepted in the tribe you you wouldn't survive in the wild by yourself we were we were group hunters you know like we would we, defend each other we, we if if one of if, if one took ill the the rest could could feed that person in the tribesmen until they got well if you are shunned from society even going back a few hundred years if you are shunned from a town or a, or a family even you couldn't survive yourself so it's very ingrained how important connection is mm-hmm. um, so I think that fear of rejection it's real yeah. it's real very oh real God, so real very real it's very stifling as well and one of the you know one of the <laughs> I was reading today isolation is a, one of the, it could be the world's the biggest factor for um for, for what's the words allowing death to be earlier you know yeah like bring, bringing death a bit earlier than, than than should should be the case like isolation and what what we're doing to kind of yeah where, where, understand where, and mitigate sorry that. where's the efforts to, yeah where's the, where's the conversation around this if we're all about safety and all i guess we're going into a different no but it is it's, it's connection Yes, it, that connection is the, it, and I agree completely with what you yeah, said. Yeah, if you that's think safety is first, and right, I want to make sure I'm alive, then make sure you've got some good connections, because that is going to see you into old age so strongly, yeah, and so so well. Um, yeah, the connection piece is, is massive. I mean, I've. I've navigated my own alcohol you know, I still am I'm still like thinking a bit too much than feeling when I go into situations with alcohol and I'm going to a, a wedding on Friday and I'm I'm thinking to myself and feeling into if I'm gonna drink or not and I'm like there's a there's a battle there there's an internal internal struggle going on do, do I want to drink do I not benefits connection am i really connecting with people or what is me and the observer when i go and drink at that occasion when are my conversations is strong mm, probably not like the, the one of the biggest factors for me for because i've stopped drinking now I, d- I don't drink that i haven't drunk in six months a year longer I might have the old pale ale now and again, depending on setting, setting, like any drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tune into that, where I am, what I'm doing. But no, I, I, the more I feel into it, the more, the more of the, well, it's, a, it's a feeling I'm trying to get to, and I have been trying to get to with alcohol. It's a, it's a shortcut to a feeling that I want. Now, the long, the long game is that I would, reduce my drinking and try and develop that connection 
and that presence, because that's what alcohol did for me. It drew me into the present. It quieted the mind. Well, what I thought was quieting the mind will actually, um, you know, compound the next day. Um, numbing the mind. Yeah, numbing <laughs> the mind, as we're alluding to with the book. It's like it really does numb certain parts of, of the brain. So it's not relaxing you. It's not distress. It's not a de- it's, it's not a, it's not lowering your stress levels. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, that's what it was doing for me. That's what it was. It was it was bringing me into the present more. But I can attain that feeling. It's like dance. I won't get on the dance floor unless I've had a drink. Well, but surely the the, the mission will be let's get on that dance floor because there is a state you can achieve without the alcohol and how much better would it be to not feel judged not feel like you can't move in a direction because your dance moves will be better if they're conscious yeah. <laughs> rather than you might not feel that way but they definitely will be yeah 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 but it's it's, a, it's an amazing conversation to tune into and, that, and the sober curious and the how about i go into this situation and not drink and just observe and just do it as, as, as an experiment that's all you need to call it this i'm just experimenting and seeing how i feel and and then just tune into that and see see what goes on yeah you know like at first the excuses that I had like I was was single so I was dating so the idea of going on a date like people would want to drink you know you take the edge off you you, you, and all of these social situations I would throw up as excuses for to continue to drink you know Mm -hmm. like I needed them like I needed alcohol for it to be present in those situations which is absurd considering it's the opposite isn't it like alcohol never makes us more present it never makes us more ourselves like it takes even from the first drink it starts to take us away from ourselves and more like that is a big price to pay especially if we only see people socially in these certain situations it meant it meant that some of my friends never knew who I was I've been friends with them 15 years but they had no idea who I was because every time I'd seen them I was drunk and they, they were drunk you know what I mean we're all drunk it's profound really it is in what sort of life is that to live Mm-hmm. That you that that the people who are your closest friends never know who you are. That that when you start looking at it from this angle, I mean, you've got the financial cost. You've got how many hours and days of prime health and mental health you lose. But just that that idea that every time I see my closest friends, they never knew who I was. That that's just such a that's a big. I think like you think life is like a mansion. And that's a big room in that mansion. Like, have an honest conversation. You know what I mean? Like, people will spend their entire lives in just one little pantry. They'll never explore. You know what I mean? Um, or they might only do it under under alcohol. They'll only dance when they've had a drink. Right? Um, and it takes a lot. It does. You've got to push yourself past that. I mean, I went on holiday with the lads at one point in Poland. Mm-hmm. And they were drinking from, like, 10 in the morning. You know, those lads holiday do. And I was sober for the whole week. Wow. And that was something that these were, these are people that I'd always just drank with. And at the end of the week, I thought, this is going to be strange at the start of the week. They were all like, you know, are you okay? Are you still the same person, you know? And they tried, like, yeah, have a drink, have a drink, have a drink. And I just, no, nah, I'm not, I'm, I'm cool, I'm cool. It was after a while, you know, it wasn't obviously early in the journey. And then by the end of the week, one of the other guys has stopped drinking because he's seen me getting up in the morning and still being full of life and them just being all, those, those, those guys just being pretty dead. So by halfway through the week, one of the other guys was sober with me. By the end of the week, the other two said that I was, I was better, I was more present, a better conversation. I was better to be around so that week sober. 
Now, I haven't noticed the difference there, but I, my, obviously, I haven't got a clear view of what I was like previously on alcohol. But they basically said, we enjoy you better when you're sober. You know? And, like, that was like, wow, okay. So there's me thinking, oh, you know, I need to have a drink because I'm more sociable, I'm more outgoing or whatever else. But that's just such a poorly conditioned subjective experience that it's not even it's not even true (laughs) you know um yeah it could even be feeding into that same bias that is is an addictive mindset it's it's justifying something which isn't even true perhaps exactly and that's the problem when it comes to addiction alcohol is a very addictive substance so all of our views around it we continually let it we, we use these sometimes just societal views sometimes like these odd experiences that aren't even accurate and we'll put it onto the addiction like like armor so as soon as anybody attacks that addiction we've got no no I'm, I'm more sociable on alcohol I'll be able to be more fun I'll dance I'm more friendly I'm this I'm this it helps me to open up it does this and they're just a lot of them are most of them are bullshit you know um, most of them don't stand up to scrutiny and as soon as you just do these things as many of the things that you everything that you feel you need alcohol for do it without alcohol no, number of times and then decide whether you need alcohol because to me it always takes me away from being present and from connection and then you think comes back to what, what, what does it cost what's the price you pay and Every time, I, every time I look at it with alcohol, the price is too much. And it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like you, you feel like you mourn that part of your life. You know, like I used to, because you enjoy it, you know. It's, it is an enjoyable thing. It's subjectively enjoyable when you're in it. But for those two or three hours of fun and pleasure, you pay far too much. And every experience you get via alcohol, you can get without. It just takes that little bit more effort, you know. think um jesus christ so if you're listening you would have no idea what we're experiencing i think the biggest challenge is um sitting on a rock when the sea is about to overflow and submerge you um before that you just hold this yeah this is basically this is this is a um analogy of addiction okay you think everything's fine but the the tide is slowly coming in <laughs> you know we're fine we're fine we picked a good rock to, to to stand on glad we picked this rock by the way because the other one's gone you just sit our heads <sighs> so yeah man let's wrap it up before the sea does submerge us um yeah it's, I'm sure it's been quite nice to watch this podcast as you see the sea level rise <laughs> in every direction around us. Um, it'd be funny if we just stayed here constantly, just going, <laughs> <laughs> just the hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing, man. Thanks for thanks for everything uh, you've said and and yeah, the journey you've been on. I think that's uh, it's it's good. It brings it's it, it's it's brought you some amazing wisdom and uh and metaphors for life and and all the rest of it it's 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 a true testament to kind of what you what you can after hearing from your rock bottom moment yeah like what 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 someone can use in that situation and and use it as a 
as you've got a hit rock button to kind of come all the way back up and see everything so it's I'm sure there's a quote in there about rock bottom <laughs> I could use it was better than that but like it is it's a true like you've got to bounce from from that point and come back up because uh, it, sometimes we don't change things until you have to yeah and then you're forced to um, just trying to to have the wisdom that you don't have to hit rock bottom to change that is, is also important you know um, absolutely like sorry Chris uh, just honesty it's just having the honesty to um, that my hoodie floating away no no that's my, uh, my jacket <laughs> uh, it's just you know what I would always say just be honest with yourself that's that's the key you don't have to hit rock bottom you just have to have honest conversations with yourself mm-hmm. I think we may have to wrap this up <laughs> Uh, oh, that's alright <laughs> I'll go get it in a bit just a bag just like flowing out to sea <laughs> I don't know what that is but that's something as well it's like a camera lens just floating in the background <laughs> no we're all good we're going to wrap this up man um, yeah. appreciate your time bro yeah thanks for having us yeah oh, I'd love you back on again this yeah. has been, been, a, been a joy to delve into this meaningful stuff man yeah good luck to anybody on the same journey you know yeah uh, when you're writing your book um, yeah, yeah. So subscribe to my podcast. <laughs> Everyone's nah, got a book. Nah, nah. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a book at some point. Maybe it's 2022. Yeah, man. You're the busiest man I know. <laughs> this is a pleasure to be sat on, on, the on this rock with the you. List. <laughs> yeah. Anything you want to say? Wrap this up? No, do you know what? I, I, I reiterate, just have honest conversations with yourself. Because even though, even though it's more difficult and it's painful, it's so much more fucking rewarding. It's all like there's no two ways to look at it. It's always better to have the honest conversation, go through the pain, and the pleasure is so much sweeter. So much sweeter. So, yeah. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> Love you, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, likewise, man. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate you as always. The listening power and making it to the finish line and knowing there is no finish line. So thanks. I hope you're well. Please like, subscribe, head over to Instagram at Bodyman Practice for everything and all and more content which I put on there. And feel free to reach out to me if anything today resonated with you or you feel like sharing your story. Put me a message. Good to hear from you. Thanks. Peace.